obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. Man, how's it going? Oh, bro, it's been a crazy day, man. Just doing a long day of work. Had to push the show back. Now we know you showed on time. So I'm going to go ahead and get you a breakdown of this Thanksgiving uh, blowout win for the Washington football team. And I'm going to start sharing and then uh, go ahead and take it away, good sir. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, you know, we said it coming in. Uh, I even said it on my show. wasn't really sure who was going to win this game. Uh, it was a toss-up. It was depending on what teams were going to show up. And uh, Washington showed up uh, in a big way. Um, again, they had some things that, that they've been facing all season long. I think what the big thing that the big takeaway that everybody should be uh, looking at is that throughout this whole game, they had an opportunity to kind of flounder, uh, allow Dallas to take over um, and really get a foothold in the game. But they allowed, uh, they didn't allow that to happen. They didn't lay down. Uh, they kept fighting, even though they made mistakes. Uh, they came back and uh, did their best to try to rectify those mistakes uh, in, in different ways. Um, I thought uh, guys like uh, Curl, um, you know, the, the entire secondary really, when they made mistakes, they came back and they made plays. Uh, that was big. Um, you look at the offensive side and, you know, Antonio Gibson, uh, you know, need I say more uh, the fact that, you know, I, when I tell you about a guy, I, I, I mean what I say. Uh, it was very fortunate that the Washington was able to draft this kid, but, um, you know, he's starting to get comfortable. Um, the offensive line, with all the moving around, Morgan Moses deserves the game ball uh, just for having to flip-flop around and uh, doing an excellent job. I, I thought they did, you know, a pretty good job keeping Alex clean. I think they only had, like, four sacks on the day. If I'm not mistaken, you have four sacks uh, on the day. So you can't beat that. Uh, you know, the, the combination of the guys up front, Montez Sweat, um, you know, all those guys ball. So, um, you know, it, took, it was nice to see them be able to build off of a Cincinnati win that there's some factors there, obviously, um, you know, with their quarterback going down uh, that people will try to use. But uh, there's nothing that can be said here. 
Uh, Dallas played great the week before, uh, and they ran into a, a confident uh, Washington football team that um, came out on the big stage and uh, handled their business. So um, fans should be excited. That was that was pretty good. Uh, I know that they are because uh, Dallas fans aren't going to live this down in <laughs> season. So <laughs> this, seeing yeah, they've been killing Dallas fans, but. Uh, Funny though, we haven't seen the domination of a sweep. We know they haven't swept them since 2012, but the way Washington dominated in both games over this team, we haven't seen that. I don't ever recall seeing that in my history of watching this series. It's been a while. Go ahead. It's been a while. Yeah, and it, it was a beautiful thing to see the execution on a short week, and like you say, on a prime time stage. You know, well, not prime time, but a national stage where we've seen this team fumble the ball literally and figuratively. And um, the growth is apparent. And we've been talking about it, me and you. I don't know about the rest of these DC sports media folks, but we've been talking about the growth and the progress of this team and the fact that we're seeing it in the first year. You know, it took, what, four years under Jay before we saw any type of progress. We're right. seeing this in the first year. And just imagine if we had training camp and a real OTAs in preseason where this team actually could be, where they wouldn't have had those mishaps in the early season and losing games that they should have won if they would have got that those that practice in those games in. And Rivera would have had an extra week because he's a new coach coming into a new team. So imagine if they would have had all that, where this team would be at. And just thinking about all the belly aching and whining the fans been doing, hating on Rivera when now the man has – two victories over the Cowboys in the same season. And I guarantee you, if something, you know, fluke happens and they and they lose, you know, to a team they should beat, and I'm also going to stick with my prediction that I made. I don't know. I don't think you heard it yet, Dujanay. I'm going to get into it a little bit later on. But they have to give Rivera credit for what he's done, no matter how much hate they put on that man's name. Absolutely. Um, and I don't, I don't mind, look, Criticism is warranted, uh, you know, in certain instances. Um, I was critical and don't mind being critical. Just because uh, he's Ron Rivera doesn't mean he's absolved from any kind of criticism. But uh, some of the stuff that fans have been saying is just, uh, you know, way over the top. And, um, you know, there has been progress. You're starting to see this team take on the personality of its coaching staff and uh, mainly of its head coach. Um, and those guys are playing for him. They believe in him. He's, I think you're – you're really starting to see a lot of the young guys uh, buy into what he's doing and what he's asking of them. Uh, they're executing a lot better, and that's important. Um, again, they still have some some mishaps and some uh, mental lapses, but again, this is a very young football team. And you're right, Carol. If they had they had everything that they needed in a normal season, um, I, I think you see this team catch fire a little earlier, maybe within four games in the regular four or five games in the regular season. Uh, they definitely don't lose to the Giants twice, a team that they should have swept. But lo and behold, they sweep the Cowboys of all teams to sweep. Um, they haven't been able to beat them uh, sweeping-wise in a very long time, as you stated and as was stated after the games, I think, since 2012. So uh, that was the, uh, you know, miracle Robert Griffin year. So um, we all know when I think about that season, man. Man, it's, it's, it gives you a warm and fuzzy when you think back. To 
that was a that was a season I'll never forget uh, for for many reasons. But um, yeah, it you know here we are, and they swept the Cowboys uh, in a year that I didn't think that they may maybe get one, but um, not both. And uh, so go figure, right? They they beat the Cowboys twice and, and couldn't beat the Giants once. <laughs> it always comes down. I told you that's why I hate the Giants, the Eagles, whatever. Cowboys, okay, rival. But the Giants, no matter how bad they are, they find a way to beat Washington. Yes. It, it boggles my mind. And like we saw, they didn't have any wins the first time they played. Boom, they get a win. It's crazy. <laughs> Come back. They get a second win against the team. I was like, oh, I was disgusted. But um, I know you're short on time. I'm going to make my bold prediction with you on and get your reaction to it and see how you feel about it. Robbie, he uh, he took it with a grain of salt, went in one end out the other. But my bold prediction, the Washington football team will upset the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. How do you feel about that, dude, Janae? Well... <laughs> Or was that Nate Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Snoop Dogg call of ammo. <laughs> <Peoples. laughs> um, look, it's not, I don't think it's too crazy. It's crazy. Don't get me wrong. But now, if you look at what's going on with them, uh, I believe, let me look. Um, is that, that's their next game, correct? Yes, sir. So, they they gotta play Wednesday, and then they have to play Sunday. Monday. Monday. They moved it to Monday. Mo- so it's today, a Monday game. Today they moved it. They moved it three different times already. They gotta play Wednesday now, and then they gotta play. Well, they play them on. They play the uh, the football team on Sunday. Monday. Monday. Got it. Monday at five. What five thirty, Robbie? Yeah, they're saying somewhere around five. They're not sure yet. But, they yeah. the game. Yeah. So that's too early. I, I don't care how you how you slice it or dice it. Um, I, I think with, that just gives the football team more rest. Um, if they get, they have to start fast. Yep. Okay? They have to start fast, um, and that's scoring touchdowns early in the first quarter, not waiting until late in the second quarter to do it. Um, uh, that that's 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 a bold one. I don't know if I can ride with that one, Carol, but um, I. I I will say this. It's crazy. Uh, There's a glimmer of it's not too far-fetched with given the circumstances. Well, but you know, you in that call by yourself. I know, I know, I know. I said that earlier. I knew I was going to be by myself. But here's my logic before you go. As you say, if they start fast, they contain the run like we saw them do against Dallas twice. Right. And me having Ben Roethlisberger and Smith Schuster on my fantasy football team, I've been watching the Pittsburgh offense. And that offense goes through Claypool now, no longer Smith Schuster. So if they can get a lead, play solid defense, and with the pass defense that they've been showing, if they can get a lead, a 10-point lead, maybe a 14-point lead to put a little bit of pressure on Pittsburgh, to make them a one-dimensional team and get away from the run, that's that's my logic right now based off of what I saw against Cincinnati and against Dallas. That's why I jumped out there on Thanksgiving, and that was before the schedule changed, and I'm going to still stick to my story. 
the Washington football team will upset the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, I hey, that that's a that's a if, if there's a bold prediction, that's a bold one. <laughs> um, but I do I do like your. It's not just one of these things you just pulled it out of your behind and just threw oh, it. No. I mean, you got you got some you got some real legit basis for what what you're trying to do there, and I I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just not riding in that car with you. Live <laughs> <laughs> well, ride solo all the time, dude. I'm riding. I'm riding for it, baby. Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 he called up on his way to do this podcast. I was, he was coming home, and he told me that was what his, his thing was going to be. I was like, I'll let Dijanae take that first, but <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I'm not stepping on that grenade quite yet. I mean, it, it could happen. Trap games happen. You have very few teams go 16 and 0. The scheduling thing. What I find fascinating. We'll break this down with our team in a few minutes after we let you go. But it's the Ravens may play on Tuesday. And the Steelers may play on Monday. So the Ravens, by having COVID, get more rest than yeah. the Steelers. That's going to make Steelers fans so upset, right? I mean, this thing has been pushed back. So it is, and what, one thing you haven't heard yet, do you, or do you know this? The Wednesday game, they just released the time for the Wednesday game between Pittsburgh and, um, uh, and Baltimore. And they're saying it's going to be at 340 in the afternoon because that's the only time slot that NBC has for them and they own the rights to it. Oh. So then, so they have to go on at three forty on Wednesday. So they go from having the top 8 PM billing Thanksgiving night where everyone's wanting to watch it to put it on three forty Cause they don't want to compete with themselves. Cause they've got the Rockefeller thing. They could put it on NBC sports, but they right. don't want to compete with themselves. So they're like, we'll just have this be one giant football pregame show to the Rockefeller lighting. We'll just, pimp the hell out of it out that whole three hours boom 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 but i'm like people have to work who can watch a 340 football game like i it's it's insane that so. money, man that money and to, to clarify something real quick i know a lot of people been upset about denver and the quarterback situation those two things are separate they had like 20 people test positive for the ravens so that requires a, a whole nother protocol. They had one guy test positive. Now, the other two guys in that quarterback room were quarantined because of the, of the possible exposure. So they could not play. They didn't have enough time uh, between those games to do so. Now, people are like, well, why did they make them play without a quarter with no legit quarterback on the football field? Well, look at it this way. Too many times and too many times often people are breaking the rules and don't want to put a daggone mask on wherever they are. Well, if you're going to do that and you get exposed and for whatever reasons you end up without quarterbacks, well, guess what? That's your penalty to play without a quarterback and you can either go find one and hope you can find one or you do what they did and you promote some guy that's on your practice squad that's a wide receiver to play quarterback. They deserve exactly what they got. It's the same thing with the Ravens. The Ravens were fun for, for what's going on here. One person didn't do the right thing. You got one job and you couldn't do the right thing and do that job and you exposed everyone. And now they got 20 people that have tested positive and they have to move this game two and three times. Whose fault is that? That well, Yeah, what's so crazy is what's coming out today is the Ravens supposedly said they were going to strike and not play the game on Tuesday because they wouldn't have had a practice. And they didn't think that that was fair to have zero practices because of the whole COVID situation. So they said that they weren't going to do it, and they 
so that's why I think this got moved to Wednesday. Right, but what's not fair is the fact that they couldn't follow the proper procedures and protocols that the NFL has in place to protect people, and you keep circumventing the law. When you circumvent the law, you get punished. And quite frankly, they need to start making people forfeit games now. If you can't do the right thing and you can't keep your mask on and you want to wear it down under your nose and all this other nonsense and people are getting exposed like nobody's business, then that's on you. But you deserve to get punished for it. And Denver got punished. And to be quite honest with you, the Ravens should just end up having to forfeit a game at this point because it's not Pittsburgh's problem. Right. And so Pittsburgh's going to have to play earlier than Baltimore. So that's what I'm saying. They, them striking potentially tomorrow made the, you know, screwed over another team. And then that's where I'm agreeing with you because, and they're probably going to lose this game against Pittsburgh anyway. They're out, you know, all these huge stars, you know, they're probably going to lose no matter what. And now they've screwed up how many teams now Dallas has to move. Now Washington has to move now, you know, and so it's pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah. It's a, uh, Sticky situation, but as you say, the revenue, the money has to be made. The games have to be rescheduled, and they're even talking about, you know, if it gets worse that they uh, don't have enough time to postpone games, that they'll take away the bye week in the playoffs, and they'll just start a week or they push it a week back. And that first round bye, that the first round teams, they would find a way to shuffle it. So, I mean, the NFL, we already talked about it before. They were ready for but they weren't prepared for for the circumstances and the stuff that's going on we saw how hockey and basketball did their thing they had a plan they executed it and they had zero problems baseball started out rough but they figured it out and at the end of it just had that one incident when the dodgers player came back on the field after he got diagnosed but for the most part you didn't have any more issues but the nfl it's been a constant back and forth. And we said it was going to be that way because the travel is still instituted and that changes the whole aspect of it. So, I mean, we just don't have to see how this plays out, but it's definitely wreaking havoc on that some of the teams in Pittsburgh was actually upset the first time uh, that it got moved from uh, Thursday to supposedly uh, Saturday or Sunday. Because they were like, you know, we're ready to play now. We we had nothing to do with this. Why, you know, they get a chance to get more rest and get healthy when we were supposed to be scheduled to play. So it's definitely a, a sticky situation. But, Eugene, um, I know you got to go. I know you said you had another obligation. Uh, you stayed on five minutes longer than you were supposed to. So yeah. I let the folks know what you about to do now, what you got coming out, and we can uh, get our roundtable on and let you go handle your business. Well, we should have another podcast coming out. If you missed the last podcast, uh, go check that out. All on the uh, all the major platforms there. The breakdown right behind me, right here. Yeah, right there. Uh, you can also chat it up with me at NotBland21 on Twitter. Uh, love talking with you guys. Love talking shop. And uh, look forward to next week, man. It's going to be interesting, boy. And that big, bold prediction you made. Hey, uh, it comes true, boy. Goodness. I'm, I hear play the lottery. Bruh, if it comes true. I'm I'm getting that snippet and I'm posting it everywhere. Right. All right. So real quickly before you know you go, two things. One is we have a new button on our website, so sportsothp.com, and they click podcast partners, click on it, and it will actually pull up your breakdown podcast and all the other podcasts that we feature on the show. You know, Brian Brennan. Also, uh, now we've got DC's People's Champ and all of them on there as well. So uh, it's easier access, right, to your podcast. So that's easier for you. Um, and then also a news and notes, just so you know, we may do it as a post game next week, depending on the timing of it. But we may shift it to Tuesday 
um, depending on you know when this thing gets scheduled, because who knows at this point. So mm-hmm. our podcast might not be on Monday next week. There's a chance of that. So I wanted you to know that and let our listeners to know we may have to do a Tuesday show because if everyone's got to be flexible with these schedule changes, but like we don't know if it's a pregame, a postgame, during the game, and I'm not looking to try to compete with NFL ratings on our own teams. So um, we may end up uh, doing that. So stay tuned to our page, but uh, we appreciate you helping break down this awesome, fantastic Thanksgiving feast that was on Thanksgiving. No doubt, no doubt. Enjoy it, guys. All right. Brother, I'll let you later on, Mike. Later. All right. So we're going to bring in DC's People's Champ right now and Tim Clark. Uh, we're going to break down this crazy scheduling uh, stuff. And then uh, uh, after we – we're going to give Tim the floor first. And then towards the end of it, we're also going to bring in uh, Brian. And if Arun wants to chime in, he can as well. But uh, we've been sorry to talk about it on this podcast already. But, um, yeah, Tim, it's been crazy. Like this game was originally scheduled for Tuesday – now there's rumors that they were going to strike if they didn't get to one more day. I don't know if that's even true, but there's been so many things flying left and right. But either way, it's 3.40 on a Wednesday now because of a Christmas tree lighting. Uh, what are your thoughts as a, a Ravens fan and uh, of all of this that's craziness that's gone on the last 48 hours and week? Well, I mean, it's – it's really dragged on so long. I think a lot of the Ravens fans at this point are just in the mindset of this game is almost certainly a loss. Let's just try to get it over with and prepare for the Cowboys game and finish the season strong because the division is is gone for the Ravens, but the wild card is, is certainly there and the schedule gets much easier. Um, with, with this situation, though, it's very complicated, and the league really wanted to avoid a forfeit, if, all, if at all possible. The first reason is the league approved the Ravens' in-person practices last Monday and Tuesday when, this, when the COVID had already hit, but it got much worse after that. So the Ravens screwed up, and they should be punished, and they'll probably lose a draft pick. But the NFL doesn't want to get into some kind of lawsuit where, because they know they have some blame in how they handled this, this, the beginning of this situation. So I think when the NFL realized they could get sued by players on the Ravens saying, hey, I had a bonus for playing 16 games. You canceled the game because of your policies. And it, I, I, I didn't get COVID you know, by, you know, by my own poor actions or anything. I think they wanted to avoid all that and just get the game in. But, I mean, it – Really, I'm just looking forward to the Cowboys game more and hoping there's not a lot of injuries in this game because it's probably going to be a pretty ugly loss for the for the Ravens. Now, I heard that some of the Steelers may have gotten some COVID as well. Yeah. Um, Five would, cases so far from what I've so, heard. So would any of those players potentially not be eligible a following Monday, per se, or do you think that most of that would be cleared up by then? Well, they would be helped – also by that delay of their next game so they could potentially get back maybe uh Stefan to it or the coaches I don't think Connor has enough time to play in the next game um but it was tricky too because you have to remember on Saturday both teams had positive tests and you can't play unless you have at least one full day of no positive tests from either team that that's a league policy this year and so the 
the league was kind of thinking, you know, we may have positives going all the way into the middle of next week. So, um, you know, the Steelers potentially could have kind of pushed that back even more. They ended up getting no new positives, which is great. And the Ravens apparently are getting 11 players back by playing on Wednesday as opposed to Tuesday, including Dobbins and Ingram. So it definitely helps them more. But, you know, they're still down seven starters or something crazy. So. Yeah, that's nuts. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy that the, that the Ravens game may actually be end up pushed to, against Dallas, may end up being put on Tuesday instead that's, of that, – uh, That's the word now. They've already announced that. It's not uh, – Okay, yeah. so that is – So I don't understand why they have the extra day of rest where the Steelers don't. Like, I just don't – when it's – I don't, I don't get that at all. I, that makes no sense to me. I mean – the Cowboys can complain less because they're just getting more rest after playing badly anyway. I love um, how they just sit on that L for that much longer. That makes it. I, even yeah. I mean, I love, you want them to sit on the L and then they, when the schedule was announced, Lamar was going to miss two games and the NFL clearly was like, no, Lamar Jackson needs to play as many primetime games as possible. We have bills to pay. He's bringing in viewers and stuff. So I would be mad as a Cowboys fan, but the Steelers definitely got the shaft. Um, but yeah. you know, I love that. So yeah, no, I think that's great. I, like I think that. I think Cowboys and Steelers end up getting the worst out of all of this. You know, Washington football team potentially might get the best because they're getting a team off of short rest. You know, and Maybe the Ravens are full. Your your full roster still. And I think Ravens were yeah. second best because they get players back. So I just think it's so funny that like this really helps potentially two of my teams and really potentially hurts two of the teams I hate the most. And it's all because of the Ravens, which I, I just don't understand fundamentally how that works. But uh, it's, well, it's all because one stupid assistant coach didn't wear yeah. a mask and I guess spread it. So how he's not fired and they won't even announce his name because he's probably going to get it. Oh, yeah. Hey, all the hate mail from especially from Steelers fans. They're, uh, oh, they've, yeah, they're they're really mad. They think it's a conspiracy. But I mean, I, I think they'll be fine. They're. They'll probably still win both games, you know. Like that's yeah. I, mean, I, I know that Carroll has gone out on a limb and thinks that they they won't, but I, I don't They'll know. They'll be favored in both games. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I guess let's see with the COVID because if they have another outbreak, they could lose more starters. But right now, they're only losing. So could potentially, if anybody tests positive tomorrow, does that just mean that the game? gets like pushed yeah. to week 18 or because you can't have a game on Wednesday right if anything happens tomorrow yeah I think they would just cancel it or do week, the week 18 thing um it looks better because the Steelers had zero and I guess the Ravens finally had no new ones yeah so wow it <laughs> sounds like they're gonna play now but Earlier, every five minutes, we had a different story. Originally, there was going to be three games on Monday, and but I, I agree they should move one game to Tuesday. I mean, the ratings, you know, why would you have two competing yeah, games milky. at 5 o'clock on Monday? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. As I still don't understand why 340. I, I still don't get that. Like, I feel like NBC Sports should have got it, and it should have been a night game, and NBC should, as a punishment – or whatever. I know it sucks for them, but it's like, how many people are watching the Christmas tree lighting or the football game? Like, it's not the same audience. Like, they could double up their audience. Like, I don't understand that. Like, and Carol, what, what do you think of that? Day and age of everybody streaming stuff, and uh, everybody have their own uh, 
know, streaming stuff, Netflix, uh, Fire Sticks, all the other things. They're trying to get ratings wherever they can, the regular TV, you know, state cable stations and stuff. So it's always going to be about the money, trying to win the market, trying to win the market share. So they figure they want to try to get the more bang for the buck. It's always going to come down to the dollar. And then hopefully no one else comes down with any more cases. But like I said, they will, you know, unfortunately we'll probably have to push the game to the end of the season and then rearrange the playoff schedule or whatever. Like they, you know, with the leeway with the extra bye week or whatever, they can take that out and then, you know, with the chips fall where they may. And unfortunately, the teams are winning, you know, number one and number two seed won't get a bye. But again, yeah. the Ravens could get a benefit where if, let's say, the Steelers get knocked down, right? They have to play game, week 18. Either Pittsburgh has to choose to go undefeated or rest their starters, right? Against their arch rival, would have much more players at that point. Or if they do play everybody, then the Ravens can maybe use that knowledge against them the next week if it's a 1v8 matchup. And it's, we all know it's really hard to beat a team the third time in a row. Like it almost always happens where the other team finally get, learns enough that they can win. I mean, this could really hurt Pittsburgh's perfect season either way if it gets pushed. So I'm sure they want to get it done this week. Probably because Washington's going to beat them. <laughs> you don't want not if, if the game gets rescheduled, definitely not. So, I, you know, you, you better hope that there's a Wednesday game if you want your plan to work out. I, I will say, though, to Carroll's defense, um, the Ravens-Steelers games are always so physical. Often both teams have a letdown the next week. It's hard to match that energy, and that could be a trap game for them, you know. That's what I'm saying. If it happens, it could be a trap game. If it doesn't happen, I think they're just going to be super angry and just take it out. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to play that after (laughs) their 16-day COVID anger break. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They would would take it out on the field. But if it gets pushed to Week 18, they will be livid because they will lose their bye week. They might give the eighth seed to their rival and then potentially lose to their rival in in Week 1 because they have to play too many games in a row. Yeah. So – they would be pissed. So for sure. All right. Well, people's champ, you've been sitting there patiently. I want to get your thoughts on, first of all, let's talk about that Thanksgiving uh, victory. Um, and then uh, get your thoughts on this sort of scheduling nightmare. My head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> My head hurts. This is absolute. But I mean, at the same time, at the same token, I mean, we kind of felt that this was going to happen uh, playing with what's going on in the world and everything like that. And, you know, being too big of a lead to have a bubble and things like that. And then you mentioned, you know, losing a bye week. They already lost their bye week when they had to postpone to Tennessee earlier in the season on October 4th. So they have already lost the bye week. <laughs> um, their bye week ended up being on week four because they lost, because it's supposed to be on week seven, but they had to move the Tennessee game because Tennessee had their outbreak. So this is nothing new to the Steelers uh, in terms of this of a, their opposing team having an outbreak causing their schedule to get altered. Um, I was listening to Carol when he was talking with Dujanae, and he almost convinced me to change my mind about picking Pittsburgh to win the game. Almost, almost. <laughs> I'm like, look, Carol, you my dog. I love you to death, but I, that's not a hill I'm ready to die on. I'm not. I can't do it. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't do hey, it. Man, it's Damn. only one other time that I went out a limb like this, and it was against the St. Uh, the yeah, they were still in St. Louis, the greatest show on turf. After they won the Super Bowl, and we played them that following season, they was putting up 
big numbers on everybody and they were undefeated. You know how much money I made on that game? Because I was still in school at that point when I was still doing a little bit of gamma. But that's another story for another day. But Street Ninjas doing Street Ninja things. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I had that same feeling then, and I was right because nobody took the walk. Well, at that time, you know, they were known by a different name. But the Washington football team, nobody took them. And I went on a limb and I took them and I won. And I got that same feeling for this game against the Steelers, man. That's just me. I'm jumping out there and I'm putting it on the record. So, I, I can't say that you've you've been on the record only that one time though. I, you've been on the record a few times with some doozies on this show. Oh, okay. I mean, I gotta pull some stuff out. Of <laughs> gotta keep it interesting, you know. I can't always just spit knowledge and insight. I gotta, you know, throw some crazy stuff out there too. Right, exactly. Bro, you should have, you should have, you should have howled because you. <laughs> this one. I've been talking all day to Village, but I, I don't think I can hit that high note tonight, man. That's right. why on my cognac. Right. So, People's Champ, what are what were your thoughts on that Thanksgiving feast game? Let's go back a little bit. I just want to get your take because I just it's so great to sweep Dallas, and I just know that you must have been so happy. Okay, so this this game here, this was a much bigger statement game for the Washington football team against their arch rivals than the the first game because the first game, Dallas outgained this team offensively by a lot. The score doesn't show it, but the stats show it that they outgained them by a lot, had a longer time of possession. This game, this Thanksgiving Day game was a statement on both sides of the ball. Offense played well. They finally ran. They, they had a great run game. Uh, Antonio Gibson is making a strong case for offensive rookie of the year. He already has 10 touchdown runs this season, and he's two away from the record for rookie running backs within this franchise in terms of touchdowns. Alfred Morris has the record with 12. So he's two away from that. And he could probably, he'll probably break it. He'll probably, he's has plenty of games to break it. So he's making a case for offensive rookie of the year. Uh, Alex Smith is showing that he, yeah, he's a game manager, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And Rob, you remember the stat that I put in, in our group chat uh, after the game that the team is 10 and 0. When he completes 65% of his passes, but throws for under 200 yards. And that's what he did in this game. And once again, they win. He knows how to make the right throws, not make mistakes, and just handle the game the way it needs to be handled. And that's what he did here. And then just the ice on the cake of after getting that touchdown in late in the fourth quarter and then getting a, a pick six from uh, Montez Sweat just to put the icing on the cake. It was just absolutely mwah, chef's kiss. I was extremely happy about that. Um, and I'm glad I didn't see certain fans saying, well, they should have scored more when this time they did score more than the last time. I'm just saying. All right. I got a uh, piggyback on uh, Antonio Gibson. He tuned into the post game. I said a little bit because Dujanay and myself, that's what Dujanay spoke up early in the first part of the uh, segment. We've been telling folks that this kid was going to be right, that he was going to, you know, find his stride. And as we talked about, but no preseason, no real training camp, no OTAs, converting from wide receiver to running back in the NFL. He did it in Memphis, uh, Memphis, at Memphis his last season. But going to the NFL and doing it is a whole different ball game. And the fact that now that he, they're running the ball more because they've been able to get the lead, remember three quarterbacks have been under center this year. So the team has had to go through different transitions to find their stride. 
now that they finally, you know, have a veteran quarterback that's not, you know, making bad a lot of bad decisions. He's made a couple of bad decisions. But has control and knows the offense and knows where to go with the ball. Now you see a different team. Now you see them leaning on a running game. Like I said, we had balance two games in a row, running the ball and passing the ball. Gibson did a hell of a job, 20 carries, 115 yards, three touchdowns. First rookie to do it since Randy Moss. First running back to do a over 100 yards, three touchdowns since my man Barry Sanders on first year. So this man is coming to his own and – I was literally just going to say those stats. I had them ready to go. It's just so oh. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's amazing. The yeah, the sky's <laughs> the limit for the DC. I'm a Barry Sanders fan, so I watched every Detroit Lions game on Thanksgiving just to see who he's going to make look a fool by crossing them up or breaking the angles by doing some crazy elusive move that you would never see coming. And I still would say Barry Sanders is better than Emmitt Smith. You put Barry behind that Dallas Cowboys line. He'd have broke the NFL record. He'd have broke the NFL record behind the Lions line in shorter time. And it took Emmitt Smith to break it behind that Dallas Cowboys line. But that's, you know, that's just getting some football, right? Let's get back to the Washington football team. My bad. I went off on the chance. But uh, I'm just saying Antonio Gibson, yeah, definitely coming into his own. And we also got to give kudos to Alex Smith for getting the younger wide receivers involved in the game. Isaiah Wright, he still hasn't hit his stride yet, but I still imagine him as a, as a mini uh, Tyreek Hill. The Sims got the Sims boys, he got them involved. McLaurin's still getting his numbers, but he's developing, you know, giving the, the young playmakers the ball in space, throwing them open so they can make, make things happen and try to get involved in the game plan. And the more they get involved, the more that's going to open it up for Terry McLaurin. And Quick update on the Monday Night Football game. I've been showing DK Metcalf. Yeah, he already has over 100 yards, <clears throat> excuse me, 100 yards in the game. Seattle's up 7-0 on Philadelphia. It's been a chippy game so far. There's been a couple of personal fouls. And, uh, yeah, I got a feeling this is going to get a, a lot more physical before this game is over. I'm going real, to- real, real quickly, Carol. So I got into an interesting argument the other day on Facebook, which I know is your favorite thing to do. Um, and uh so it was in one of the washington football team rooms and the person was saying the coach is stuck with haskins for the whole season that this is ridiculous to try to go for glory in one year and you know I, we should have tried to see what we got with him and that he's basically saying that this whole time the coach just wanted to give um that his backup that got a bad you know, opportunity last year, a second shot and give the coaches that he had in uh, Carolina a second shot to show their glory that he never wanted Haskins. And that was his whole thing. I'm like, why wouldn't you pick the best player to win the games now? And why wouldn't you want him to learn behind Alex Smith? Like we saw that worked in Kansas city. Right. But like, there's still like, he's ruining the franchise, and I'm like, oh. It was a, it was a, was it a guy or a girl? It was a guy. Okay, I thought it was, I thought it was someone whose name first name starts with B. No, it wasn't anybody we've dealt with before. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Okay. Go ahead, Carol. Get your shit off, because I'm, I'm fool. Jesus Christ. This one. Okay. Yeah, I've heard this so many times before. All right, people, listen up. Football 101. The coach's job is to win. 
along with developing talent. As he said in his press conference, when he first promoted Kyle Allen and demoted Haskins, he's not saying he's done with him. He's saying he has work to do. He's a one-year college starter coming to an NFL offense. He had three different playbooks in a year to try to acclimate himself to. He has mechanical issues. He has technique issues. He has consistency issues. So if you have a young quarterback who you know has to develop and needs time to develop, you put him where he put him, on the sideline, working with the quarterback coach on the things that he obviously hasn't been working on on his own. Because the things that he has issues with can be fixed. But you have to put the time in. Throwing the ball to wide receivers that's not covered doesn't improve your mechanics, doesn't improve your footwork, doesn't improve how your follow-through is overextended when you get pressure in your face. Now, see, these are football terms. Now, most of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about right now because my hashtag says it all. All football fans do not know football. Some of y'all just need to shh. Don't say nothing. Or go read up on some football to understand what's going on with the professional organization. Note the word professional. Under Dre Gruden, we were not a professional NFL franchise. We were an AFL franchise that tackled and played and ran the ball pretty much. So when I hear stuff like that about ruining a player, you can only ruin a player if you let him go out there and continue to do the same thing over and over and have the same result and thinking that a different result is going to happen. That's the definition of insanity. Ron Rivera is not insane. I might be a little, but he's not. So as a professional NFL coach, he did what was best for the other 52 players on that roster to see what he had. Cal Allen started improving until he got hurt. Alex Smith is playing better and better each week because he's playing with the number one. He's getting familiar with the people on the field. That's what has to happen. Haskins needs to learn. And Robbie made the great point about Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. That dude is balling. You don't think he just came into the league with that. He watched Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a great mentor. So all of the conspiracy theories and all of the racial, he just wants yeah, to Yeah, he said you'd have to be a Trump fan to believe otherwise. Well, I mean, <laughs> my one of my favorite sayings, uh, opinions are like buttholes. Everybody has one and most are full of poop. This is a family-friendly <laughs> show, so I'm going to keep it PC. But you get the idea of what I <laughs> So all of those, I mean, you put all of that effort into a conspiracy theory instead of looking at what's right in front of you. That's your choice. That's cool. You can believe it. You can write about it on Facebook. You can, you know, yell it to the rappers or whatever, but that don't make it true. So it is what it Man, is. Listen, listen um, as a fan, as a lifelong fan of this team, <clears throat> I've been through all the struggles. I've been through all the ups and downs. But the last thing I would ever do is go on social media and spout off 
these conspiracy theories that I see from a lot of these fan, a lot of these people in this fan base. You gotta, and I've said this on this very podcast as a contributor for weeks now. There's gotta be a level of patience. I know we've been futile for 20 plus years. I get that longer than that, actually. I get that. But right now we're in at the we're we're crawling closer to the precipice of an ascension to elite level. But it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen when you want it to happen. That's why I haven't been sitting on social media screaming, oh, we need to fire the coach. We're not winning enough and this, that, and the third. I'm not sitting online like certain people say when we blow somebody out saying, oh, we should have scored more. No, it's patience and let the, let the game happen the way it needs to happen. If you are not on the field, if you're not one of the 53 players that wears the Washington football team uniform, then shut the you-know-what up and just enjoy the game as a fan like I do. Like, we're crying yeah, out loud, like, please. How could you be upset in a week where we just swept Dallas? That's what I don't understand. Like, how do you come in with negativity after that? You know they find a way. Come on. <laughs> you know just like, to find a way. I mean, at least wait until after the Pittsburgh game. I mean, like, I just like you know, it's only a week away potentially, unless you're Carol and you think that we can win. But you celebrate <laughs> trash because we upset the undefeated. Well, there you go. Rob, you got to get it right, man. You got to get on board, man. Come on, man. Come on the train. Come on the band. Uh, all right, let's bring in let's bring in another guest to see what he thinks of all this. We're gonna bring in Arun now uh, on the voice of Arun. Um, and, and see, Rune, do you believe uh, what Carol is speaking on here? And what were your thoughts on this uh, Thanksgiving victory? Um, yeah, as far as Carol's take on Washington having a chance against the Steelers, I mean, beating the Steelers, it's a little out there, but there is grounds for it because Dallas was up 19 to 9 against the Steelers um, earlier this season. And although the Steelers, ended up winning that game. Pittsburgh does occasionally take games off, and they did play the Ravens the previous week. So as Tim alluded to, the Steelers do have letdowns, although I think it's going to be tough. I'm probably going to pick the Steelers, but the window is open for Washington. It's not the craziest take out there, actually. Hey, thanks, Aruna. <laughs> not the craziest take out there. That's our bar. <laughs> I'm from Arun. I'll take that. That's like saying, hell yeah, I'm riding with you, brother. <laughs> I might have to look at the odds because it might be like six to one or five to one. I might take Washington if I'm getting odds, like in terms of like Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, if I can get some scratch together before that game, I think I might got to put a little bet down. I got to see what the odds are myself. Don't, don't, me- put, don't put too much. Don't put too much. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't going to be much, but whatever. It's going to be more than what I had when I get that surprise victory, man. Y'all, y'all going to be shocked, man. Trust uh, me. That you sounds good. At least somebody's pulling for that. So, Arun, what were your thoughts on uh, beating Dallas? We thought that it was possible, but I don't think anyone thought it was going to be this badly. Yeah, I thought – um, Dallas, their offensive line goes, their left and right tackle goes down. Then Mike McCarthy, I don't know what he was doing on those fourth downs. Like Andy Dalton apparently had never missed a fourth and short on the QB sneak and he threw the ball and that punt fake was pretty awful. But Washington gets the job done by running the ball. Tonio Gibson with three touchdowns. Uh, he has 11 touchdowns, which is, as uh, Ken said, was 
put them up the standings for offensive rookie of the year. Um, Justin Jefferson and Josh Herbert, they're up there too. So I think Washington's defense looked really good last Sunday. And if they can bring pressure like that, then they can compete with anybody. Just can Alex Smith keep it together um, against a tough Pittsburgh defense? We'll see what happens. Real quick, though, did you know that Mike McCarthy literally, literally defended that punt, that fake punt and said it was a good play call? I said, no wonder they ran your ass out of Green Bay. It reminds me of Jay Gruden so much, man. It's ridiculous. He, he will never admit that it was a bad play call. So, I mean, I never said McCarthy was a good coach. And, uh, Shannon Sharp, on a video that you sent me, Robbie, Shannon Sharp made a, a great uh, point. He doesn't have a Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers out there. He had two first battle Hall of Famers leading his offense. Now, him as in developing a quarterback and having a, a non-Hall of Fame quarterback with his so-called genius offense. I mean, Dak went down. Dak was playing okay before he went down, but I don't see much. I don't think he can do much with Andy Dalton. We know what Andy Dalton did. Right. Real quickly, I want to go back to that interview real quick because I don't usually love like the Skip and the Shannon show, but I do love it when it's, you know, the Washington football team sweeping Dallas. That's great television. Um, and um, it's it's fantastic to really uh, get to witness, um, you know, him sort of, first of all, Shannon Sharp was great and, and talk about all the great things, but to watch Skip Bayless have to implode on national TV is always uh, a lot of fun. And my favorite part was them describing this play. So he has to bubble back 15 yards to go forward 10 yards on a fourth and 10 in your end on your side of the field. Like, I don't understand the play call. You're basically making him run 25 yards or passing to the guy who is the kicker coming out on a flank, but they don't do any sort of trickery to fake it. So then the guy's just gonna be like, well, I'm going to go cover the kicker. And my guess is the defender is better at covering the kicker and the kicker is at trying to get open and, pa- and catch a ball. You know, I'm not a rocket science here, but like, it's just not a... Uh, well, not my bad to cut you off, but like they said on the broadcast, Kalik Hudson, who was on the edge, normally in that position, it's automatic for him to crash down to go towards the punter to go for the block. But by him not doing that, and being aware and seeing the punter, because the punter didn't sell it at all. He didn't sell it at all. Normally, you know, if you try to do something like that, you figure like the, the ball that went over your head or the ball went to the up back, but he just took off. And I guess Hudson saw that and was like, hold up, something don't look right. And by him making that move, you saw the punter come out and he was like in between the up back that was open and the punter that was open. So the runner, he was like, oh, the play is blown up. I just need to put my head down and try to run and try to get it. <laughs> Bad decision. Oh, you know what that's called. You know what that's called, Carol. <laughs> Situational awareness. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. So, I mean, I don't understand McCarthy calling four for 10. You're only down by four points. Or, or what about when it's tied and like it's fourth and one and you're not going to give it to the guy you pay millions and millions of dollars or even sneak it? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> they don't have confidence in Ellie no more. He's fumbled, as we talked about in the postgame. He's fumbled a ball this time, fifth season. I'm bad, geez. The drink's kicking in already. He's fumbled the ball five times this season. He fumbled the ball five times in the first four seasons in his career. 
So they don't have the confidence in him. That's crazy, it, though, on the fourth and one, though. It's like, I, I don't understand how a passing play is ever going to be better than that or, or the sneak that worked later. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. He did it later on. I don't know what he was thinking about with that. Like I said, he reminds me of Jay Gruden. He yeah. makes it more difficult than he wants to be fancy instead of playing football. I still he, can't believe he defended that bubble whatever bullshit. I mean, just like say that you got owned on the play. Like, I, it's, it's like so it's never going to work if you don't try it. I was like, well, why don't you just design a better play? Like, I know something like that's a – like any play could possibly work. I mean, it's just like – He's not a idiot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's he, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, quick uh, scheduling update. Unfortunately – because of the one of the many members of Paul's army, Paul the boxing guy will not be able to make it on tonight to break down the exhibition fight. We'll still talk about him, but we won't have his boxing expertise. He definitely wanted to uh, talk about the Nate Robinson challenge. Yeah, yeah. Ch- Champ, did you watch that fight at all? Yeah. Uh, no. Um, we um, after we did the the live stream podcast with no spots, I didn't really watch it. I wasn't really interested. I'm not really big on boxing. And I knew this was going to be an exhibition with like no knockouts and things of that nature. Brian watched it, so you might want to talk yeah, to him. Yeah, but I didn't really watch it. But I saw I saw the highlights and I saw Nate Robinson get knocked the f out, and I was just <laughs> like, oh, okay, damn. <laughs> the memes were pretty ridiculous. All right, let's bring Brian Brennan in, and uh, Tim is nice enough to swap off his camera so we can bring uh, Brian in. And there he uh, is. So- hey, what's up, guys? All right, the champion, the number one in the division. Right. First place, baby. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me brace myself for this this New York moment. I know <laughs> Brian's been holding on this for a while, especially coming from what Owen six to you now. Owen five, yeah. Owen five to four and seven. I right, hold on. Let me let me. <laughs> hey, Brian, get your shit off. <laughs> let me grab my adult beverage. All right, go ahead, Brian. The floor is yours, man. Go. I don't even know how this is happening. I, I don't. <laughs> the division is awful. Um, somebody's got to be leading it, and I'm happy it's the Giants. Get well soon, Daniel Jones. Can you tilt it up just a little bit? Where sure, sure. Sorry, I'll, I'll push it back. There we go. There you go. That's perfect. All right. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, a pretty amazing story. The two teams that three weeks ago were at the bottom of the division in Washington and New York have suddenly become the top of the division. It looks like it might stay that way because uh, I was thinking, oh, maybe it's going to be like the shortest lived division lead ever. Yeah. Somehow, you know, um, uh, Philly pulled up an upset tonight, but it doesn't look like they're going to, at least not so far uh, mm-hmm. in this matchup. I believe it's 14 nothing still uh, Seattle. But um, it was an interesting game. I watched that game versus Cincinnati. Uh, both teams had opportunities. I wasn't like blown away by either of the teams, um, but I, I thought it was still um, impressive that the Giants came away with the victory. I unfortunately was stupid and was trying to go with the upset. I thought that Cincinnati mm-hmm. might uh, upset them just because the Giants hadn't won three in oh, a row since like 2016. Okay. And they almost, yeah. did, they almost did it, actually. There was a, yeah. a chance for Cincinnati to – to do the upset. Uh, what were your thoughts on that matchup? Um, well, I, you know, the Giants, a lot of people going into this game thought this was kind of a must-win game for the Giants because obviously they won. They were going to be in first place because they had the tiebreaker over Washington. So um, this was a very ugly game. Um, Shout-out to Graham Gano, the kicker for the Giants, uh, who kicked four field goals in this game. Uh, huge, huge came up big for them, especially because he was just on the COVID list a few weeks ago. So um, that's, that's big for him. 
Um, Daniel Jones got hurt. Uh, there's still a lot up in the air as to whether he's going to play. But if he doesn't play this week, it's going to be Colt McCoy, who you all know very well. Uh, he he uh, came the in. Col- the he- Colt McCoy Graham Gano show, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's the former Washington players. How about that? Um, yeah, it, you know, Colt came in and he did a, a he did an okay job. Like he was all right. But um, I'm not. I wouldn't. I, you know. I wouldn't be too confident if it is, in fact, going to be Colt McCoy because they play the Seahawks next week in Seattle. I think it's going to be a really tough game. And if it is Colt McCoy, I mean, I don't even really like their chances if it's Daniel Jones. But if it's Colt McCoy, I like their chances even less. But I, like, I'm like, i just enjoying being in first place. I'm liking that the Giants are building something. You know, the last few years have absolutely sucked with Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer and all the the boat trip and all that bullshit and just to go through all that and to know that they're actually building something now is exciting as a Giants fan and um, I'm I'm excited for what Joe Judge and the new regime is bringing to the table. It's such a serviceable backup though. I, I, I said that to you, Ryan. I said Colt is such a great backup quarterback. He was never a great starter. But he's always been a great backup quarterback, mm-hmm. so you might have something something there. You might have something yeah. there. I would love to believe that Colt McCoy is going to be the answer. He's going to lead the Giants a couple of wins and maybe help them win this division. But in reality, I really feel that without Daniel Jones, it's going to be really tough to win the division if he's out for a long time. So I'm hoping he's not out. They're still They still have no idea how long he's out for, but I'm hoping it's not going to be for a long time for, for Jones. Unfortunately, the Eagles are now knocking on uh, the door. They're at first and goal from the six-yard line, it looks like. Uh, They're able to get two or three on uh, first down, Uh, see what the Seahawks do here on second down. But um, Carson Wentz has been physical on his drive, getting some crucial third downs on uh, with using his legs uh, because Seattle's defense have been pretty much shutting down the passing game. 17 seconds left. Hopefully they can hold Philly to three and uh, go into halftime with a nice 17-3 lead. And it's good that they'll be playing the Giants next because both of them will be the Giants. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So, um, uh, Ken, do you have any other thoughts on either the uh, uh, the game coming up, the Pittsburgh game, or any more thoughts on um, the, uh, uh, the last game that we had before we get into this fight talk with Brian here? Sure. Um... Like, like Carol said earlier, they do have to start fast. And Arun also brought up the point as well that when they went up against Dallas, Dallas was able to start fast and get them out there on uh, out there and, and have a, a nice little lead. But Dallas doesn't have the same the same caliber of talent that we do, so they weren't able to sustain that lead and they ultimately lost that game. I feel that if if Washington can get off to that fast start that Dallas did. They're, this team is far more talented than Dallas, and they could possibly win this. Again, I'm not getting, like Zunjane said, I'm not getting in the car with Carroll, but <laughs> I understand where he's coming from. I get where he's coming from. Right. I'm not going to die on that hill, but I understand. So, I'm, I, of course, I'm going to be rooting for the Washington football team. That's not, a, that's not a question. I'm going to be rooting for them. But... I just feel like if they can get off to a fast start, if they can get out there, score a couple touchdowns, run the ball, keep Pittsburgh's offense off the field, I think they have a chance to win this game. And if they if Pittsburgh comes in undefeated, 
this will be the most 2020 thing ever if the Washington football team coming out of the worst division in football ends the undefeated streak of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The that would be so 2020. The division, Ken, after an 0-5 start. It's 2020, man. We have four victories as tied for first place, and it's week 12. Think about that. Talk about good and bad news. The Eagles just scored a touchdown but missed the extra point. So oh, it's he, four, he missed that four, badly. Yeah, uh, four, 14 to 6. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's, you know, just continuing on the 2020, we've had scheduling nightmares. You know, this show, we were rescheduled, and I didn't click the, the record button fast enough. It's just, I mean, it's one of those things. It's just 2020 has a life of its own, and it takes over in every uh, in every facet. Let's talk about this crazy fight real quickly with Brian that has all the memes going wild. Um, I, I'll start off. First of all, I love that the idea that if one's a professional athlete and the other person's a YouTube celebrity, then by definition, the professional athlete is going to outbox him. Now, mm-hmm. this is not them playing basketball against each other. It's boxing, which Jake Paul, who I don't like for the record. Yes. Me neither. Um, yeah, I actually hate the guy, but I have followed his career, and he has done this for a while now, and sparred and practiced and understands it, where the idea that Nate Robinson could just, like, do a couple little practice somethings and just charge in at him. First of all, he's got less of a reach than Jake Paul. Yeah. So the idea that he was just going to run at him and just try to take him down seems like a terrible idea from the start. Yeah. Um, he should have used his legs. He's out. He should be able to outcondition Jake Paul. So mm-hmm. He should be literally running circles around him until he's tired and then laying some punches, right? Like, I don't understand yeah. this idea to try to go in and win in the first two minutes uh, or in the first two rounds. This yeah. doesn't the way seem. Tim, he just, Tim just chimed in and said that Jake Paul actually played football before. So he's yeah. actually athletic as well. Yeah. And I was going to say, Jake, Jake Paul. He looks ripped, like you look jacked, like you look like he was in very good shape in this fight. Yeah, like he he, he did sure. come, like you can tell that he came in well conditioned for this fight, and that Nate Robinson absolutely did not at all. Like like you could tell one of them took this seriously and the other did not. Yeah, Tim, if you want to speak, you can uh, jump on the audio if you wanted to give your take on it. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I mean, Paul's really a heavyweight, and Robinson's a lightweight, so it wasn't fair. I think. Just like you said, people were like, he's a pro athlete, he'll be fine. But <laughs> in a street fight, if you saw those two guys, you'd be like, uh-oh, for Nate. Because <laughs> uh, it's really not fair. Yeah, it, it was crazy. And then he he could have gone down three different times. And he right. was like, no, I'm going to keep on trying to prove something with zero technique. And they kept on walking into his fist over and over again. And I'm just like, finally, Paul was like, all right, if you're not going to go down, I'm just going to do like, a little connection here and it was just it was lights out and then then the memes were on like 15 seconds later i felt like it just flooded the (laughs) internet and i was like holy moly that that became the talk of the town and no one even really talked about the fight that ended up being a draw that was dumb because it couldn't even go to a knockout i was like first of all i'm super happy i didn't pay for this fight and just watch it on Jake Paul's YouTube later. Me neither. Like, Shout out to crackstreams.com, by the way, for yeah. giving me the illegal uh, stream of this fight. 
Don't yeah. tell too many people the feds. Will... <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Thank you, Tim. Good point. Hey, don't get us shut down, okay? I'm, I'm staying on Facebook jail so we don't get shut down. Yeah, just don't go to Jake Paul's, YouTube, you, Jake Paul's yeah, YouTube. I should have thought of that. I should have thought of Jake Paul's YouTube page, yeah. too. Crack much more legal. <laughs> so, um, either way. But what, what were some of your takeaways, Brian, of watching the, the fight? Uh, well, with the Jake Paul fight, like I said, um, I really thought that, you know, I was with I was along with everybody else who thought Nate Robinson was going to win uh, because he was a professional athlete. And uh, Jake Paul was is the YouTube guy. So I just figured, you know, I figured the professional athlete would win. And Paul was much better. He was it was obvious from the start which one of them was more equipped for this fight and more prepared for this fight. And um as a Knicks fan, it was kind of painful to see Nate Robinson come out there wearing Knicks colors on his shorts and in his jacket and get his ass beat almost immediately. <laughs> it was like typical Knicks, right? Like this is, this is like another Knicks losing moment. Um, and so I was, I, I was surprised at how easy it was for, for Jake Paul to win this fight. Um, and it's going to take Nate, you know, I think, um, I think it's going to take him a while to live this down, honestly, because um, now yeah, he should a, never he, fight again, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah his fighting career is donezo. And, um, and now he's a he's a meme. You know, the, the picture of him being knocked out unconscious on the ground while Paul is like celebrating is, is going to live on, honestly. And um, as far as the Tyson fight goes. I was pretty pissed that I that it ended up being a draw. I thought Tyson honestly looked better. Uh, I actually thought Tyson looked pretty good. I was really excited to see him back out there. He obviously hadn't fought since 2005, so it had been a really long time. But um, and, and he's he's one of my favorite fighters ever. Like I, Tyson's a beast. Like he's in the ring. There's there was nobody better when he was in his prime. But um, yeah, I mean it was good to see him back out there. And Roy Jones too, who he fought. He's the fighter of the 90s. Uh, I feel like he wasn't talked about as much, but he Tyson actually said that Jones hit him pretty hard. Like he said, like people weren't concerned about him, but uh, he said Jones hit him really hard too. And um, yeah, I, I was bummed that it ended in a draw. Um, I thought the whole event was kind of entertaining with all the performers and everything. Snoop Dogg's commentary, by the way, was outstanding. He needs to commentate more sporting events. He needs to commentate like more mainstream, like football, baseball. Like, give Snoop Dogg more sporting events because he was fantastic as a color commentator. He should for be the third fights. person in the booth for Monday Night Football. He'd be a great yeah, third person in the be, booth. He was so funny. He was perfect for it. Like, it was a great job. He was great. No sport. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious. And yeah, not, yeah, I will say this. Oops, sorry. I don't mean to step on anybody, but I will say, though, I, I love the fact from what I was able to see hearing Marlon Ronaldo at, uh, on commentary because, of course, he used to be in wrestling commentary as well. And he's one of the one of the absolute best play by play commentators in the game right now. And to hear him, that was awesome. And shout out to Tyson for getting high before and after his fight. That was amazing <laughs> as well. I loved it. So, Tim, or Arun, did you, either of you guys get a chance to, uh, to watch the fight? Yeah, I watched the fight, um, at least the highlights. And Nate Robinson was really aggressive, and but he had no defense, and that's why he got smacked on the backside of the head. And speaking of New York connections, he was drafted by the Knicks in 2005 by Isaiah Thomas. So 
I guess like losing isn't that new to him, but losing like this in such an embarrassing fashion is like really. I mean, I was just looking at the highlights of that Knicks fight he had with Carmelo Anthony back in the day. So that was like the last time I remember Nate Robinson getting into a fight. So um, yeah, it was. I love the memes and um, overall it was a good result, but nobody likes Jake Paul, I guess, but it was still funny. <laughs> Yeah. I also saw the ultimate troll of the day. He was wearing Nate Robinson's Knicks jersey today. On the, I think he posted on Instagram wearing Nate <laughs> That's pretty funny. Tim, did you get a chance to see any of the memes and the, the craziness? Uh, I, I saw the highlight videos and I saw Tyson's interview after. I, apparently they might run it back and fight again just to have a winner, so... I don't know if there's like the senior citizen boxing circuit set up yet, but apparently this is going to be a, a league now. So, you know, bring out like Holyfield, whoever else wants to fight. Butterbean can probably still punch. She's like, oh, Butterbean. Yeah, remember he was in the Jackass movies? I, I know who he is. I just wasn't expecting you to pull that name out. Don't feel like the oldest guy on here right now. Somebody I'm just trying to think of boxers that are still alive. <laughs> but anyway yeah I, I i guess you know let them fight again they look pretty good so obviously even right that sounds good all right well um I'll, I'll, i'm gonna give everybody a, a sort of a, a final shout out and a final thing that they can uh, say we'll, we'll go around the round table uh tim i'll uh, start off with you um any any thoughts going into this crazy week where you'll have to play uh, both uh, the Steelers and then uh, the Cowboys. Well, I, I mean, I kind of just want this week to end, you know, at some point. So I'm not, ex I'm not expecting the Ravens to beat the Steelers, but I think the Cowboys is definitely a winnable game and hopefully they get healthy. So I'm looking forward to a little bit of normalcy. I just have a feeling though, the schedule will change like 17 more times by you know, the end of tomorrow. So we'll see, but it's going to be a crazy end of the season. So just sit back and, and watch it. Cause it's not, it's not going to go back to normal anytime soon. Yeah. I was telling the guys that this was a Mandalorian episode. This would be called the schedule. Cause you know, it's, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, this episode started off schedule. It's about schedules. We don't know if the schedules are going to change between now and the <laughs> next one. It's, you know, our schedule for next week's show is probably going to get messed up too. So uh, it's a uh, kind of a, I never thought we would do an episode about a schedule, but you know, it's, uh, it is, and this is where we are in 2020 and COVID, but Tim, best of luck on your schedule. And I hope that you somehow come away with two victories, even though we all think that's probably unlikely, but I hope that you at least beat the Cowboys and uh, that you have a good week and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks guys. Have a good night. All right, Arun, we'll go uh, to you next. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, the crazy schedule week and uh, the uh, awesome victory that we finally had uh, with the sweep? Um, yeah, the Thanksgiving game being canceled, as pointed out by my guy RG3, at least he was able to spend time with his family. Um, <laughs> and speaking of RG3, he gets to potentially join Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, and Russell Wilson from the 2010 draft as for winning a game this week if he gets the start against the Steelers. And he's the last quarterback to beat the Steelers when the Steelers are playing for a playoff spot in Week 17. 
and the Ravens are playing their backups. RG3 was able to pull out the win, completing over 50% of his passes, rushing for 50 yards. And now he gets to do it again against the, <laughs> against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers with a bunch of guys out. Um, Dobbins, lots of offensive linemen. Um, it reminds me of the time when Washington beat the Cowboys in 1987 <laughs> with the replacement players taking the field against the Dallas players across the line. So maybe if RG3 gets this win, they'll make like the Replacements 2 movie, which the Replacements 1 was based off of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Replacements 2. Are officially now on the RG3 Almanac. <laughs> you are now the RG3 Almanac. <laughs> Uh, oh my god! <laughs> I was just looking at Champ the whole time. Champ was dying the whole time. Oh my god! Uh, funny. Well, I, I have to give you. A, it's the longest running gag maybe in podcasts. You know, Rich been able to get this every week. It seems in there somehow. That's a way to get RG three in the conversation. We're gonna be talking about bad this time. He had four facts. I thought it was gonna be a week where he might not have it. The weapon. He'll find a way. You know, RG3 knee uh, got messed up on a day like today. He will find a way to work in an RG3 fact. If, we, if we're playing next, or if we're doing our podcast next week on a Tuesday, RG3 might be playing during our podcast. So, you know, who knows? So. Uh, Lou, Arun, I love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. We got the RG3 in there and uh, appreciate it as always, Arun. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. We'll somehow try to get, um, you know, this was all a ploy, Carol. We just wanted to have the round table just so we could get RG3 into the conversation. It's, you know, it's a, it's a long, it's a long play. Um, he, was about but... to say, he was born <laughs> like today. <laughs> All righty, let's stop. Uh, we're gonna get Brian his uh, shout out. Uh, I know that we uh, had been on a little bit of a hiatus for a couple of days because he's been on vacation. Mm. Uh, but uh, when are you gonna be doing your next uh, upon further review with Brian Brennan? And uh, maybe I could even join you for one of the upcoming shows. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said last episode, love to have you on. Uh, planning on dropping the new episode uh, either tomorrow night or Wednesday morning. Uh, while I was home, I recorded an interview with my dad, which is uh, great. If you love soccer, you're going to love it. It's, it's a really interesting interview. He, we talked about Diego Maradona, who um, passed away last week, unfortunately. Soccer legend. May he rest in peace. Uh, my dad was at arguably the most famous game of Diego Maradona's career, the Hand of God game. So we talk about that a little bit. Um, and plus general soccer talk. We talk a little baseball too, but I think it's just a great interview. So looking forward to that. Uh, check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, the Facebook page, Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan, um, my Twitter account, bbrian1991. Yeah, uh, yeah um, a lot more coming up the pike with the Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Yep, and if you want to check it out on sportsothp.com, there's now a podcast partners button. Look for the big P. And you click on it, and it has all of the different podcasts, including the No Spots podcast and Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan uh, and The Breakdown, uh, which you heard Dujanae earlier. So all three of our guests uh, tonight 
are listed on there. Also, the Power Play Point podcast is on there as well. So for people, when hockey season starts back up as well. But Brian, uh, thank you for um, coming on. Congratulations for having uh, this week's NFC East uh, champion <laughs> team. We'll see what happens <laughs> next week. Um, you know, if uh, if it changes, which it could, or maybe it won't. Who knows? Uh, it's such a crazy season, but uh, <laughs> at least for one week, you can say that you guys are on top. And uh, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, let's go Giants. Have a good night, guys. See you next time. Sounds good. All right. Uh, we were just talking about how they could find the No Spots podcast by going to sportsothp.com and clicking the podcast partners button. But let people know what they could find on the No Spots podcast this week. So <clears throat> over in New Japan, they have uh, three more nights of block action in both World Tag League and Best of Super Juniors. Uh, myself and Sage will be covering that this coming Monday. Uh, myself and Seth will be covering the week coming up in wrestling. Uh, hopefully Raw is not trash like it has been recently. And we just got a lot coming up. Next week, we're going to look at that three podcasts in one week. Two for World Tag League Best of Super Juniors because the final will be on next Friday, the 11th. So we're going to preview and then review that podcast. And then, of course, we're going to have the regular podcast, which will be a preview of TLC, I believe. So we got a lot coming up the pike. And I'm also working on an interview with a, a young man who has started his own indie promotion in the Northeast. And he wants to talk about that. So we're setting that up for next week as well. So we got a lot going on with No Spots. Make sure you check out the uh, podcast partners pay, uh, button on sportsothp.com and check that out because we got a lot coming for you. Sounds good. Thank you so much, as always, and we'll uh, we'll have you next week. Peace and blessings. All right, Carol, take it easy, Mike. All right, Carol, what a full show already. I apologize to anybody who's listening to the audio version that may have the first moments cut off, but, you know, they'll have plenty to chew on with our This Schedule episode. Uh, but uh, it's been a fun time, Carol. Uh, any final uh, crazy takes? Uh, do you have any more <laughs> bold predictions? Or, uh... Uh, I'm about to go get something <laughs> to eat and watch probably just watch this uh, Monday Night Football game. Seattle's up 14 to six. They got the ball. Uh, halftime just ended. Third and seven. Russell Wilson rolling out. Pass short. Uh, they'll be punting the ball. Fourth and six. They went deep to DK Metcalf on the first play of the drive. Unfortunately, he came up short. I was hoping they scored because he's on my fantasy football team. But uh, it's going to be an interesting game between the Eagles and the Seahawks. Uh, make sure you check out sportsothp.com. Probably mentioned the podcast button for all of our contributors. We always love and appreciate their knowledge, insight, and taking the time to come on to the show. We appreciate you, the viewers, the listeners, the folks that like and share our stuff. Appreciate it. Appreciate the love. We're getting closer to 2,000 likes on our Facebook page. We're already over 2,000 follows. I'm at 99 subscribers on my YouTube channel, so go subscribe. You'll get the live feeds and videos and highlights that I do when I have a chance. It's Carol Porter the third. Well, Carol Porter the third. Three eyes, not the number three. Go subscribe. You'll get this live feed that's on there now, plus some of the other videos I put out. I'll be uploading some more videos probably this week. Um, sports OTHP apparel line. You got the old school sports OTHP. You got the district of champions behind me. You got the pillar behind Robbie. You got the sports OTHP gear over here to my uh, left. Gotta make, gotta make sure it's left, not the right. And uh, hit me up, email, 
You see the link. You see the stuff on the page. You see the graphics. SportsOTHP.com. Sports on the Hill podcast. DC Sports on the Politics. It's not just a catchphrase. not just a motto. It's what we do. We'll be back next week with the best DC sports coverage around. It's what we do. CP3, live from the lab. Robbie G, live from the man cave. See you next week, and we out.